Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. They need to fix it so food has three different expiration dates. One date that says best before, then one called still pretty good, and finally, you feeling lucky? <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. They need to fix how they package scissors. To remove the packaging, you need scissors. If I had a pair of scissors in the first place, I wouldn't need to buy another one. Very true. They need to fix songs that have police or ambulance sirens in them. Yeah. So when you're listening to them in a car, a voice says, this is not real, do not pull over. Yes, I agree yeah. with that. Phones are powerful, tiny computers that can fit in our pocket, but vending machines still can't recognize a dollar bill with a crease in it? <laughs> <laughs> they need to fix restrooms in movie theaters so that there are restrooms in each theater with screens showing the movie. So if you need to go, you don't miss anything. Ooh, oh, brilliant. Nice. Mm. So I guess he had a featurette called They Need to Fix It Tweets. They got to do something about packaging. You know, the scissors one is hilarious because you do need a scissors to get into the scissors. But you shouldn't need a crazy sharp implement and have to, like, really put some effort into cutting open anything. Oh, yeah. How many people end up in the emergency room because they slipped and cut their thumb arm? We, we got to fix packaging in this country and the amount of plastic. So I got this tiny little thing and I got this big giant piece of thick plastic now that I'm going to put in the recycling, which will then go into the regular landfill and exist for the next 30,000 years. Well, and the plastic itself becomes a knife. Oh, so yeah. if you don't cut yourself with the knife, you cut yourself with the plastic. You're cutting with the knife. You know why it is? Yep. Shoplifting. Yep. It's all about shoplifting. Yep. So we got to fix Theft. the shoplift. We got to fix the shoplifting somehow to do away with the packaging that is just out of hand. I'm not saying you got to go Saudi Arabia chopping off people's hands. I am. 
I'm not saying you got to go Jean Valjean and, and hunt them down for the rest of your life for a loaf of bread, but you have to prosecute thieves or everything gets stole. Duh. Isn't it, isn't it crazy these days how often you have to say something like that? And I'm picturing the audience saying, why are you wasting our time? Everybody knows this. And yet, you have to say it because it's going on. Through the frickin' looking glass here, people. So we got into a conversation yesterday about AI and uh, how so many jobs are going to disappear in the near future, robots and whatnot. You tweeted out something about a bricklaying robot. I haven't looked at that. What, oh, what is that? yeah. Yeah, a, a bricklaying lo- robot that lays brick, deals with the mortar faster and more accurately than humans do. There is hardly... A gig on Earth that robots aren't going to be doing. Not to mention that you could make it work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, anytime you wanted to. Right, and you can tell, and this is the people, the thing people don't get who aren't as into this as we are. You have a a, a program in the, the, the brick robot or a, a different robot or computer system that's watching it, and you program the watching computer Every time there's an uneven laying of a brick, you need to analyze how that happened and how we can redesign the brick-laying arm to prevent that. And it'll solve that problem, theoretically. Although the, the greatest minds on Earth seem to think that it's it's definitely going to be happening. Yeah. Mm. So we've been airing throughout the show testimony from Kyle Rittenhouse in the murder trial. that Joe, you're pretty confident he's going to walk from this thing. I would be astounded beyond description if he were convicted of any serious charges. Um, he he used some uh, bad words in his testimony because these you know he was he was testifying he was saying what people were saying to him that night where he had he felt he had to shoot some people. Um, Mediaite is uh, tweeting out that CNN, Fox News, NBC, MSNBC, and others aired uncensored testimony from Kyle Rittenhouse with the whole cut your effing hearts out and a whole bunch of other things that he said. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be interested to see how the lefty media handles this if they cover it at all. They might just ignore it in the fact that it's pretty, it seems to be laid out pretty compellingly from him and another guy that got shot who didn't die who said, yeah, I didn't, he didn't, he didn't shoot me till I pointed a gun at him. So, uh, so maybe they just won't cover it on MSNBC or CNN. I think they, if they do, I'll bet they go way too far for a lot of America in criticizing this kid. Oh yeah, I've been reading the New York Times coverage of the case. It is in, it is unrecognizable having watched a bunch of the testimony. Oh really? Yeah, they. Essentially, it's as if the prosecutor had written the story and grudgingly admits as little as possible, but steers well clear of the main thrust of the testimony. It's like, what game were you watching? What trial were you watching? We have a number of more dramatic bits of testimony from Mr. Rittenhouse. Uh, we can play a little bit later on this hour. Um, but it was, you know, as I said, unquestionably self-defense. New poll, three out of four say Facebook is making society worse. Like to know the other four work for Facebook or what? Um, We could look into that poll a little more. I'll do a short version of this inflation story if you want more on it. I think we did it hour one of the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you want to grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. First of all, new poll out shows the economy is far and away the most important issue, according to Americans. 
coronavirus is 16 points back from the economy. Then you drop way down to, by the way, immigration is third. Hmm. Boy, these are these are uh, the three things the Biden administration can't be happy that are at the top of the list. The economy, the coronavirus, and the immigration. Mm. Um, way down at the bottom, racial injustice gets 5%. Climate change barely breaks into double digits. Hmm. Anyway. And that's, that's funny because you hear about that stuff all day long. With the mainstream media hammering you about how race issues and climate are the number one issue, even then, most Americans don't feel the same way. Yeah, can you imagine if they actually reflected your priorities? Right. How that would change the numbers? Anyway. But with the economy the number one issue by far, this news hits today. U.S. inflation hit a three-decade high in October, rising at a 6.2% annual rate. That is not good. And it's topped 5% for five straight months. I said, you kidding me. How do you like that? Wow. So um, that means, in a, to a very large degree, in a very real way, your savings, perhaps your retirement savings, 6% disappears every year. That's a lot. Yeah, I'd say. Or you just took a pay cut of that much. Right. You know, whatever you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, no, you make ninety four thousand dollars a year. Yep, your standard of living just dropped. If you want to look at it that way, uh, and uh, the experts in the Wall Street Journal, and you know, economists are like uh, opinions. We've all got one. Um, economists, you know, the, the the economists they're quoting in the Wall Street Journal say they expect this kind of inflation to be around for at least six months. All you need to do is fill up with gas and go to the grocery store to have inflation hit you right square in the nose. Uh, it's, I mean, it's noticeable. It's not tiny. Like, I don't know, I suppose it may be a little higher. No, no, no. You get gas, you go to the grocery store, it's like, what the hell? Yeah, and what's really interesting to me is that uh, uh, fuel and food are generally taken out of the consumer price index because they are too volatile. But if, you know, and I get the reason for that, um, if there's if there's really no inflation, but there's some weird pipeline problem and gas spikes for a month, you sure. can't really claim that there's inflation on the, on the run. On the other hand, if fuel and food are consistently crazy high month after month after month after month, that is absolutely real inflation that ought to be measured and dealt with. And in a related story, the progressives want to inject trillions of dollars more spending into the economy, absolutely squirting gasoline on a dumpster fire of inflation. I'm hoping that old Joe Manchin is going to quote the very numbers that are coming out today as to why he's a no vote on that damn thing, and it's over, I hope. Uh, before we take a break, this AMC is going to start selling its popcorn outside of movie theaters. Of course, they're desperate for money. AMC may be on the, its last legs. The whole idea of movie theaters may be on its last legs, for all I know. Never mind that. Go with the toilet screen, like Jimmy Fallon was talking about. That's the best idea I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. It's like when you go to a, 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 a game, a sporting event, any kind, you got the radio on screaming loud in the bathroom so you can keep up on the action while you go to the bathroom. Yeah. In fact, they ought to just like pipe it into your, your, your phone. So you can just keep watching the movie as you walk down the stairs and out to the lobby and into the bathroom and into, you know, whatever you're doing. And then you, you don't miss a thing. Why is movie... They po- sell more soft drinks that way. I never order a drink because I don't want to have to pee. Good point. Why is movie popcorn so damned good? 
They slather all kinds of heinous chemicals on there that they call butter, and it just is delicious. But anyway, AMC is going to start selling their movie theater popcorn in mall kiosks and all kinds of different places. So look forward to that, because we all could take in a little more unhealthy food, couldn't we? Mmm, yummy trans fat. I'll tell you what, I've never in my life been out driving around like and thought, I mean, because sometimes I'll stop and get a donut, sometimes I'll go to a McDonald's, Sometimes I'll get a pack of potato chips. I've never thought popcorn. But if I'm driving around and I'm going to be naughty about my eating, I'm a little hungry. And right there is a place where I could get a bucket of that hot, gooey, buttered, mooey popcorn and set it between my legs while I drive. (laughs) I got like a two-hour drive and I got a big old tub of corns between my legs. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Maybe a box of Mike and Ike's to wash it down. Give me. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. So daylight saving time is, quote, not helpful and, quote, has no upsides, according to experts. (laughs) According to everybody. Hang on to it. According to everybody. I'm going to quote uh, quote you uh, some stuff from the USA Today. It is a combination of really intriguing and some of the worst journalism I've ever tripped across. Um, so that's to come in some more compelling, compelling uh, testimony from Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, Hope you can hang around. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. According to a new study, going to bed too early or too late may disrupt the body's natural rhythm and increase the risk of cardiovascular disease. So just to be safe, let's all randomly change our clocks twice a year for no reason. Good one. Good friggin' point. Yeah, no kidding. And he's right. More or less randomly change our clocks for no good reason. And they keep changing the period of the year where we're going to do it. Well, you know, it gets to the point that it, it, that there's no rhyme or reason behind this at this juncture. Well, right. Yeah, yeah. So I come across this headline in the USA Today. Oh, by the way, coming up, more uh, incredibly compelling testimony from uh, Kyle Rittenhouse himself on the stand uh, in his trial. And the political candidacy that may end me paying attention to politics for all time. Oh, boy. Stay tuned. Oh, boy. So I come across this headline, Daylight Saving Time is Not Helpful and Has No Upsides, experts say. Yeah, I saw a bunch of articles like that this time around, which is why we were talking the other day, that maybe, finally, the dam is going to break on this stupid thing and it will come to an end. Yeah, um, but so who wrote this article? I mean, I, I'm sure this is a, I'm sure Adriana Rodriguez is a nice person. I'm sure her mom and dad are very proud that she's in the USA Today. But this article is incoherent. Evidently, they've got to churn out content so quickly, there are no editors to say, Adriana, really nice writing here, but none of your premises are supported by your your prose. To the relief of many Americans, the period of daylight saving time is finally coming to a close. Well, wait a minute. So, having had the time of day be what the time of day is, nobody's relieved that it's changing back. Nobody. They just don't want it to change at all. Right. So your opening sentence is dumb. Uh, Sunday people living in states that follow this practice will set their clocks back, gaining the hour of sleep they lost in the spring. Because that's the way sleep works. Right. <laughs> you store it up for six months at a time. Right. Exactly. 
And then she goes into paragraph after paragraph of the Department of Transportation, which is in charge of daylight saving time, says the practice saves energy, prevents traffic accidents, and reduces crime. Sleep experts say the health consequences of losing sleep from daylight saving outweigh its value. Wow, this is really interesting. This is in the USA Today. Because I I read, I don't know how many different articles stating that none of that stuff is true. But so that's why you got to be so careful about taking in media. If you're just kind of casually following this story, you read that article in the USA Today and it's complete crap. But so they get into paragraph after paragraph that's describing the loss of sleep thanks to daylight saving time. But they just mean that day when in the spring you spring forward. One day. I mean, two days later, it's completely and, and moot. You, and you could combat all that by going to bed, like, an hour earlier, taking a nap. So, yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. So they go long. Sleep has been shown to improve cognitive functions like learning, problem-solving skills, etc. For that Individuals one who don't get enough sleep are more likely to take risks because they perceive less consequence, blah, blah, blah. Getting a good night's sleep is also important for regulating emotion. Just paragraph after paragraph, just about sleep in general, then they never really tie it to anything but that one day in the spring. So, and it just goes on and on and on, and it's so strange. So, I think a vast majority of us would agree changing the time back and forth is silly. So I think the only question is, do we want the sunshine at the end of the day or the sunshine at the beginning of the day one? I think sunshine at the end of the day. The sunshine at the end of the day is quote-unquote daylight saving time, but you can call it anything you want. Call it Jimmy the time or, or, you know, <laughs> or super fun time or whatever you want. So now I've, I, as a golfer, and a guy who works a daytime job, I've always been in favor of the light late. You know? Who cares so about I can the go light have some morning. fun after work. That's the thing. A lot of scientists think light in the mor- lacking light in the morning is terrible for humans. Since the beginning of time, humans have woken up when the sun comes mm. up and started their work when the sun comes could, up, and the sun hits our skin, changes our body chemistry, and that's really important. I could be convinced of that, but none of those are an argument for changing the time Twice a year. Right, exactly. So it's either one or the other. And there, standard time, people say, well, let's go with standard time because that's standard time. No, 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 no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Nobody knows anything. You, when the sun is right there over Cleveland, Ohio, you can call that noon. You can call that one. You can call that 3 a.m. if you want. Just as long as everybody agrees and runs their life accordingly. It doesn't matter which one you choose. It's just, let's choose right. one. One of them isn't God's ordained time and the other one a bastardization of the time. Right, exactly. Satanic time. And all of this started <laughs> in the 21st time. century so that so that a train wouldn't leave Cleveland, for instance, at 1 p.m. and 45 minutes get to later get to Dayton at 12.45 p.m., 15 minutes earlier than it left. We had to standardize the time so we were all going off the same time. Right. So just pick one. Pick one. Let me know what y'all pick. I'll live with it. The Cleveland steamer pulls into the station oh, an hour boy. before you left. Oh, and- it's a fine train. Yes, sir. <laughs> Well, on a heavier note, uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial rolls on. His compelling testimony, if you can't stick around, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty, on demand. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, I uh, mentioned there's one political race that if it goes the wrong way, I may have to check out of politics for good, which I'd be happy to do anyway. Uh, wouldn't really work for this job, but... I hear you. Sometimes a man reaches his limit. Running as a Republican for the U.S. Senate. Not some anybody-could-do-at-house seat, but the U.S. Senate. Oh, boy. In Pennsylvania, where he doesn't live, but when's that stopped anybody? Dr. Freaking Oz. Oh, for God's sake. Dr. Freaking Oz. Oh, my God. If he wins with some sort of, well, he's got an R next to his name, and I'm for the R's, so I'm going to vote for him, tribal thing, I think I'm done. 
I think I'm just done then. Is he an R? Yeah. Really? Huh. Figured he's he was a run D. I, I think he's he, a douchebag. Well, I think that an, starts with D. He's a, he, <laughs> Sorry well, yeah. for the frank language. Folks. He's a quack, practically crook. I think he's an opportunist. I think he's. I think he's uh, looked at the landscape and for some reason thinks there's an opening there. He's not. He doesn't live in Pennsylvania, but um, yeah. So Doctor Freaking Oz, but maybe more on that on a different day. Interesting. So Kyle Rittenhouse on trial, young man, Kenosha, Wisconsin, shot several people during the rioting there. Seventeen years old. Uh, we've been talking about this all day. If you're just tuning in, I, I don't want to spend the time to reset the whole thing. If you're not familiar with it, forgive us. Uh, he has been on the stand today testifying. There's so much good, uh, so many good clips. Um, his defense is self-defense. It's absolutely clear he was he shot in self-defense. But um, let's uh, let's start with uh, 73, where a Mr. Huber is pursuing him. This guy's been convicted of a couple of crimes uh, and swinging a skateboard at him. 73. As you're running in that direction, you said the next thing you remember is Anthony Huber. Yes. Describe that. Anthony Huber, what I remember is running past Anthony Huber, and as I'm running past Mr. Huber, he's holding a skateboard like a baseball bat, and he swings it down, and I block it with my arm, trying to prevent it from hitting me, but it still hits me in the neck. And as I block it, it goes flying somewhere off in the distance. And do you stop then? No. What do you do next? I keep running down uh, Sheridan Road towards the police line. Then what happens? Um, I get lightheaded. Um, I almost pass out, and I stumble and hit the ground. Okay. Before you hit the ground, how many times were you struggling? I believe twice. Okay. Do you remember anything about the other one? I remember the first one being a rock. I don't remember who did it. But I remember like the bumpiness of like a concrete rock hitting me in the back of the head. So he was forced to shoot somebody, it seems clear to me, in self-defense, and then was running toward the police line to turn himself in and explain what had happened when he was pursued by uh, the mob who were hitting him in the head with rocks and pelting him with skateboards. Hey, if I can just jump in here. Sure, um, I just saw this headline. This just came out four minutes ago because the cross-examination is going on right now. Judge in Rittenhouse trial screams at the prosecutor. Yeah, we have that tape. Oh, we have that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so uh, go ahead with uh, clip 74, Michael. As I'm on the ground, there are people around me. I don't recall how many, but I remember moving my rifle in their direction, and they back off besides one person. Okay. When you noticed people by you, you said you move your rifle in their direction? Yes. Did that individual keep coming? The last person did. Okay. The people that stopped, what did you do to them? Nothing. Okay. And you're saying the last person in that group continued to come at you? Yes. And describe what happened. The last person, um, I, I don't know his name. I don't think he was ever identified. Um, jumps at me with his with he was wearing boots i believe and as he's running at me and jumping as his boot is making contact with my face i fired two shots at him why did you shoot at him i thought if he if, if i were to be knocked out or 
He, he would have stomped my face in if I didn't fire. Sure. You, you feared for your life. That's pretty obvious right there. Guy yeah. gets you a good kick in the head. It's over. Long story short, uh, 75. As a result of being kicked in the face, what happens? Mr. Huber, immediately after I'm kicked in the face, runs up as I'm sitting up to try to get up and get to the police. I'm on my back, and Mr. Huber runs up. He, as I'm getting up, he strikes me in the neck with his skateboard a second time. Then what happens? He grabs my gun, and I can feel it pulling away from me, and this, I can feel the strap starting to come off my, my body. And what do you do then? I fire one shot. And after you fire striking, we now know, Mr. Huber, what do you do? I lower my weapon, and I see Mr. Grosskreutz with his hands up, and as I'm lowering my weapon, I look down, and then... Mr. Grosskreutz, he lunges at me with his pistol pointed directly at my head. Uh, let's go on. 76 is just a continuation. Mr. Grosskreutz is standing in front of you, has his hands up? Correct. And are you aware that he's armed? At that point, I do see a pistol in his hand. Is that the same or different from your first encounter with Mr. Grosskreutz? That is different. And. He is standing, you said. How close to you? What I remember is our feet were touching, what it seemed like. Okay. And you do what? My rifle is down. His hands are up. His pistol is in his hand. And then Mr. Grosskreutz looks at me. And that's when Mr. Grosskreutz brings his arm down like this like he, his arm is like that with me on the ground and his pistol is pointed at me and that's when I shoot him how many times did you shoot him once so uh, and there are photos and videos of all this by the way to corroborate the testimony so at that point he gets up and walked to the police line where he immediately turned himself in and explained what had happened um, the cross-examination got pretty dramatic, as Jack referenced. Let's start with 78. This is the prosecutor cross-examining uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. You have testified to this jury that you used deadly force against Joseph Rosenbaum, Anthony Huber, the man who attempted to kick you in the face, and Gage Grosskreutz on the night of August 25th, correct? Yes. And you did that because you felt that your life was in danger from those four people, correct? Yes. And you are telling this jury that it was, in your mind, justified to use deadly force to protect your own life, correct? Yes. You'd agree with me that you were not allowed to use deadly force to protect that car source building, correct? Well, I, w I wasn't using deadly force to protect the property. I used deadly force to protect myself, so... Yeah, that's the prosecutor apparently forgetting which side he's on. Uh, uh, one more from uh, 79, and then we'll go to the judge. So you understand that there's a difference between using deadly force to protect yourself and using it to protect property, correct? Yes. And you'd agree with me that you're not allowed to use deadly force to protect property, correct? Yes. But yet you have previously indicated 
that you wished you had your AR-15 to protect someone's property, correct? I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to ask you to go into the library uh, again for a moment, please. Please don't talk about the case. And then this is the judge addressing the prosecutor. So Why who, would you think? Oh, just, that, just a second. So who do you send into the library? Rittenhouse? Uh, I'm not sure exactly. Okay. I think, yeah, that's just saying, hey, uh, we're clear. The, the jury. Okay, he sent the yeah. jury in, and then he's yeah. going to lecture. Okay, gotcha. Right. Why would you think that that made it okay for you, without any advance notice, to bring this matter before the jury? You are already, you were, I, I was astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That's basic law. It's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that. And it gives, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So I don't know what you're up to. I am making the point that after hearing everything in the case, now he's tailoring his story to what has already been introduced. That's the problem is, this is a grave constitutional violation for you to talk about the defendant's silence. And that is, and, and, the, and you're right, you're right on the, you're right on the borderline. And you may, you may be over. On the borderline of what? Interesting. Well, he's talking about um, that uh, that Rittenhouse invoked his Miranda rights. Essentially, he did not say anything to incriminate himself. And the prosecutor's trying to suggest during testimony that that's somehow dirty or wrong. We don't happen to mm. have that clip. Mm. Um, but, but the judge is pretty pissed off because, I mean... It, you could conceivably introduce something like that in your final arguments, but during the evidentiary part of the trial, you're not allowed to make editorial comments about, and how about this guy wouldn't talk to the cops, would he? Would he? You can't do that. Because you have a constitutional right. Because you have a right not to talk to the cops. So them making it sound like to the jury that that's, you know, proof of something. Right, yeah, right. The I, I judge is pissed. I'd like to hear more and I, read more I, about that. I don't know if you've seen the video, but the judge is like coming out of his seat angry. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes though, when uh, attorneys get beaten up, you know, we're all following these court cases as TV shows, and usually through sound bites, like without following the whole thing. Um, oftentimes, when these attorneys get beaten up, it's because they they don't have a good case. Either, mm-hmm. either the defendant is clearly guilty or clear, the other guy, you know, it's clearly innocent and they're trying to prosecute him. And so they're doing the best they can. I mean, they're paid to make their take their best swing at it. And this guy doesn't have much of a case, this prosecutor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's dead in the water. And, you know, I used to, when I was coaching soccer, I'd tell my players, look, the rules are what the ref is calling today. So don't come to whine to me that you got knocked down. The ref didn't call it. Knock somebody down. So this... uh this guy's going to detest the judge. He's going to see, wow, I wonder if I can get away with this. Mm. Well, he couldn't. This is a purely political prosecution, it seems to me. They had to prosecute the guy to keep riots from happening again, but he will get be acquitted. How will the mainstream media cover Rittenhouse being acquitted? Uh, I hope, I hope, hope they don't start throwing around any sort of white supremacy crap or any of that stuff. Well, they certainly will on plenty of channels. 
Yeah, they'll they'll talk about how a, a judge who's known to be blah 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 clearly let him off because of a white man blah blah blah. Yeah, and further whip up uh, hate and angst in America to get a few clicks, get a few viewers and, and listeners. It's sick. I just hope when Doctor Oz is a senator, things will calm down. So we all hope that, Jack. That's what I <laughs> we all hope. That. There, there, there he goes, Doctor Oz. Hey, Doctor Oz. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, we'll finish strong. Next. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the uh, the the end of the Rittenhouse trial still going on. Any highlights we'll have for you tomorrow in discussion, and I'm going to be interested to see how the the media handles it. Yeah. He he broke down on the stand today, and man, uh, hey MSNBC, I'd tread carefully 
on the way you treat this practically child. He's 18 years old. And the fact that he got so emotionally torn up over the fact that he thought he was going to lose his life and had to kill somebody before you start calling him white supremacist or a school shooter or a nut or laughing at him or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Hanson, probably ought to grab that when the judge says, you are right on the line and you may have crossed it. <laughs> Could be useful. So, uh, do you remember the whole Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding st- story from back in the day? We got another. Nope. We got another. Don't one recall of those. a thing about it. <laughs> That's one ice skater, one of the best ice skaters in the, in the world, uh, American, who, who hired some people to some to, people morons <laughs> <laughs> to whack her opponent in the legs so she would have a better shot at winning uh, the ice skating tournament. Well, something similar has happened in Europe. Now, you might be surprised to know that I do not follow women's professional soccer in Europe. But apparently one of your best teams is Parent Saint-Germain. And they were playing in a Champions League game uh, against Real Madrid. And they had to start this 31-year-old who'd been signed uh, last season named Hamrui, who had not played this year. The reason they had to start this player is her teammate named Diallo was injured in a weird crime recently. Mm, troubling. Here's what happens. The team goes out to eat. On the drive home from the restaurant, Diallo and Harmrui, I don't know if I'm getting their names right, are, are traveling. I doubt you are. I'm sure I'm not, but it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> Hamrui and Diallo are driving in the car together. So Diallo is the current starter. Yeah. Hamrui doesn't get to play much and wishes she could start. Lo and behold, they're driving home from the restaurant. Two people jump out in front of their car, drag them out of the vehicle. Oh, Lord. And for some reason, hold this Hamrui girl, hold her and beat her on the legs with clubs. Oi. Barbaric. Luckily, they do not damage the other girl. Who would like to start? Who would like to start in the, <laughs> would like to start in the soccer? And they've done an investigation and they just arrested the, the one woman. Oh, you got to get Inspector Clouseau on that one. That's How a tough about one to crack. That? Can you believe that? She, I'll drive you home from the restaurant. Yeah, sure, I'll drive you home. And then two masked men jump out and stop your car. Oh, we better stop and get out and be beaten, at least one of us. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my God. It's time. It's time for... Final thoughts, final thoughts, the final thoughts, it's time, it's time for final thoughts, with Armstrong and Getty. (laughs) Here's here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There he is, our technical director, pressing his buttons, Michelangelo, final thought. Yeah, unlike Jack and Joe, I say keep daylight saving time. Twice a year, I dress up like a clock, stay up till 2 a.m., and either move it forward or backward. Daylight saving time, making the impossible possible. (laughs) Beautiful. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. He's got a final thought. Alex? Yeah, I made more soup to bring in. Jack mentioned he wanted some soup. What? And then I hear from a mailbag writer, oh, that he doesn't like soup. He thinks it sucks. So soup, No, soup makes me angry. That's a problem with Well, soup. no soup for you, sir. <laughs> the way people eat it, that's what makes me angry. 
Wow. All right, Jack, your final thoughts? Yeah, so I got an idea. So the next talk radio convention, after a big dinner, I'm going to invite Glenn Beck and John and Ken and whoever those guys are who replaced Rush Limbaugh. I'll, I'll tell them I'll drive them back to the hotel. Yes. And two masked men will jump out, drag yes. them out of the car, and beat them on the throat with clubs. <laughs> yes. It's an excellent plot. No one will suspect you. They're on the scene not getting beaten. Huh. Well, uh, in spite of Jack's hopes, my final thought is you are going to see the absolute pinnacle of dishonesty and biased coverage when uh, when and if you look to the legacy media for coverage of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Having witnessed quite a bit of testimony, read the rest, I am going to be pouring through the coverage overnight. I'll bring you the lying liars and the lies they lie for tomorrow's show. That soccer story reminds me, what's that saying you got a law enforcement friend who says about criminals? Proof that you're not smart enough for a life of crime is that you're considering a life of crime. (laughs) Right. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have the podcast for you, Armstrong and Getty On Demand, our extra-large podcast. All sorts of great Let's Go Brandon and LGB swag. Get it before Christmas time. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Listen up, Jack Wagon. There's something happening out here. I want to hear that. You know, I made some comments that, that people might have uh, felt were misleading. I have no idea why you would do something like that. But I think that there's something else that's happening. It's a bobcat attack my wife! A bobcat! I think that's a part of it. Mind and if it is, I think that'd be good news. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gun. But if we don't... None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied. No, I think just your credibility is. Get out of here. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.